up, everybody? Welcome to the show. You know we're doing the Thames Watch today, and we have a new name for Team Name Tuesday. Get excited. But first, are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Support our show. Support your business. Go to ZipRecruiter. All right, guys. Uh, this is Adam, Heath, and Chris for now. We are waiting for Scott to come in and brag about uh, Eric Thames MVP. How are you guys this morning? It was a great night of baseball. It was? Yeah. Not yeah. at all a great night of baseball. It was a very boring night of yeah. baseball with the exception of Eric Thames. Agreed. And the Royals got beat 12 to 1. We had a That was fun. Several major league debuts including one that if he was ever actually good would be great for team names. Who? The Pirates new pitcher Neveroskis. The first, never say never ask us, the first Lithuanian born and yep. raised player in Not baseball true. history. That's Not what it true. said. That the- was, that was circulating on Twitter and then somebody came out and debunked it and said that somebody from Lithuania played in the majors in the thirties. Really? Mm. Now, what I read was born and raised in Lithuania. Yeah, born and raised. It might, might have been like someone who came here very young. So as long as we don't say the first Lithuanian, then that's fine. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, cause that, I was even surprised. Like, why are they phrasing it born and raised? It must be a reason for that. I guess maybe there is. Well, anyway, congratulations to Neverauskas for getting in a game and, and making his country proud. That's Dovitis, Davidis, Neverauskas. Um, yeah. So he's not that important. Now, on the other hand, Christian Arroyo, is he important? San Francisco called up Christian Arroyo. Shortstop eligible, went 0 for 4, but he played third base last night. Eduardo Nunez was in the outfield. So this is a guy that could be shortstop and third base eligible. Um, they, the Giants need some help. Is Arroyo a guy that's going to help them and help fantasy owners? I think the most likely answer to that question is no, but I did put in a claim for him in our NL only league, and I also added him without asking Chris. Team <laughs> Kreef added him in the 16 team league because we keep one roster spot open that's just for either of us can go add somebody at a moment's notice without asking. Oh, that's cute. So Adam Frazier was cut and we picked up Arroyo just, just in case. Yeah, I, I don't see a ton of reason to get excited about him, uh, as a mixed league option based on what he's done in the minors. That just, like the, the batting average is good, but it seems like that's kind of all he might be good it's for. Kind of like Brandon Crawford and Joe Panic. Like the Giants kind of have a lot of those guys. Sure, but. It's an Those guys, like Brandon Crawford having the 20 homer season that he did, or Joe Panic developing the way he did, that that's not the norm. No, even for the Giants. In a 16 I, I, team league, I think it's a fine speculation. I, I mean, the one variable that you guys hey Scott's here. Uh, yeah. Hey Scott, what's <laughs> up? Um, the one variable you haven't mentioned is is obviously how he was performing at AAA prior to the call up, where he had um had a good know, 16 com- games. Completely had blown away any home run pace he showed earlier, but it was it. Hitter friendly, hitter friendly PCL, um, and he's going to the park, most known for suppressing power in the majors. So, you know, I I can't say for sure that at age 21 he wasn't having some kind of breakout, and maybe that inspired the Giants to call him up. But just looking at the lengthier track record, you know, he's I I put him 27th in my shortstop rankings, just behind like. Uh, 
Tim Anderson and Orlando Arcia. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the highest expectations either. All right, this is Christian Arroyo, just called up by the Giants and again went 0 for 4 yesterday. Would you guys rather have Arroyo or Taylor Motter? Motter. Motter. Yeah, Motter. All right, Motter it is. Now, I'm going to ask you guys, who would you rather own? We're going to do buy low, sell high, by the way, in a little bit. We'll talk Eric Thames. Bad night for some two-star pitchers. Amir Garrett and Chad Cool were terrible yesterday. Uh, and you know, cool is only like 35% owned. Garrett was started in over 80% of leagues and Garrett, I mean, this was, I think he's got the Cubs this weekend, right? So this was a Cubs Brewers week and now you're just hoping he doesn't kill you twice. Uh, anyway, who would Thames you rather the own? What, what'd you say? Thames the breaks. Thames the breaks. <laughs> who was would that you... spontaneous or did you no, practice he tweeted that in front this of the mirror? like 14 hours ago. Oh, okay. Who would you rather own? Uh, Ryan Zimmerman? He of the 379 batting average with seven home runs or Jose Abreu? Abreu. Okay. So here, here's what I've been <laughs> struggling with with Ryan Zimmerman. I actually wrote about this same thing with Francisco Lindor. Wait, can you, yesterday. can you answer the question first and then do the explanation? Jose Abreu. Okay. But with regards to Ryan Zimmerman, how much does in this whole fly ball revolution thing? Ryan Zimmerman and uh, Francisco Lindor are two of the biggest gainers in fly ball rate. And both have talked about how they're not trying to hit more line, fly balls. Um, you know, I know Ryan Zimmerman, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about how Daniel Murphy was working him with him to in, in, improve his launch angle. And then he's basically said, no, I'm not trying to do that. I haven't changed my swing. I'm just trying to be a an overall good hitter, and I'm healthy. And I'm healthy, right. But he is hitting more line drives. So he, has, he has increased his, his launch angle, and he has kept that up with a high exit velocity. So... My question is, does it matter that he's not trying to if he is doing that? Does that make it less sustainable? No. I, I, I think it does, but <laughs> the fact that he's healthy and hitting this well is a very good sign in and of itself. I will just say that Jose Abreu has a career-high 42% fly ball rate and a 0% home run to fly ball rate. So he's he's hitting a lot more fly balls too. All right, well, Scott, what's your answer? Who would you rather have, Zimmerman or, or Jose Abreu? I'd rather have Abreu, um, but on the subject of Zimmerman, I, I think just the the volume of injuries he's had over the last two, three years, you know, I, I do think health is an important variable here that it may just be as simple as that. Right, but it also makes him much more likely than most players to get hurt again. Sure. I yeah. mean, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, the injury risk is high with him. So is this just like, let's ride it out and see where this goes with Ryan Zimmerman, or would you be trying to sell Ryan Zimmerman? I have multiple trade offers out where I own Ryan Zimmerman. Well, what, like what? Um, like Abreu? <laughs> I would, I would trade Ryan Zimmerman for Abreu. I, I'm trying of to, course, let me find that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean. Look, it might just I be okay to see know. where it goes, you know, you don't have to trade him and just, well, sometimes when you get somebody for nothing, you just right. like like I like Corey Dickerson, right? I feel like Corey Dickerson, he's been really good against lefties, and even in his Colorado days, he wasn't good against lefties. So I feel like regression is coming, especially with the batting average for Dickerson. But he'll probably have a you know, uh, he, you know, I have him in a five outfielder league. Dickerson's probably going to be a guy I'm starting rest of season, most weeks at least. Mm-hmm. So, look, I could try to trade him. I don't know what I'm going to get yeah. for him, or I well, could just say, no, hey, the- let's enjoy the ride, see where we go. 
Right. The, the point you were making about getting someone for nothing, I mean, there's on the one hand, you could think, oh, great, I can cash this in now for something that costs somebody more than nothing. But I do think there's this concept of, like in a standard mixed league scenario, what the minimum the minimum threshold of a starting caliber player at whatever position is on a championship caliber team. Like the minimum threshold for a first baseman on championship caliber team is somebody probably not too unlike Jose Abreu at first base. So if you're talking about trading a player for the minimum threshold, like that's the minimum you should be looking to get. Well, it it just, it depends whether you believe Ryan Zimmerman can meet that threshold. Well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily. If you're, if you're not getting the minimum threshold back right. in any yeah. trade. Uh, no, I'm not, like. It's, it's kind of just a waste of time. You're kind of just better off waiting to see where it goes. I found the trade offer that I made, and it was a combination. I'm trying to sell high on my side and buy low on the other side, so I offered Danny Duffy and Ryan Zimmerman for Hanley Ramirez and Justin Verlander. It's a quasi-Azer trade, but. No, it's, it's not, also. It's, it's not so bad. I think. I mean. People would have legitimate reasons to be concerned about Hanley. Yeah. I would still rather have him than Ryan Zimmer. Yeah, that's a good offer. Yeah. It's a, I, I mean, it's a worthy try on your part. It was rejected. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a trade offer I made a little bit later last night that I actually think is one of the more fair trade offers I've made this year. I'm sure it'll get rejected, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> who would you rather own, Evan Longoria or Eugenio Suarez? Longoria. Yep. Yeah, but he was kind of a fringy starting third baseman coming into the season, so I'm definitely starting Eugenio before ahead of him right now. I just want to say something about Eugenio Suarez because we, you know, people have said, well, he had a big April last year. He really didn't. Suarez hit 460 or 435 with four home runs in his first six games, and then he cooled off considerably. So this is a much longer hot streak this year for Suarez. Just saying. All right, but we'd still take Longoria. Uh, finally, who would you rather own? I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Austin Hedges, another homer yesterday. He is now batting 297 with six homers in his last 11 games. Austin Hedges or Wilson Contreras? Contreras. You knew what we were going to say. Yeah, Contreras. I did, but it's a little concerning with Wilson Contreras. He has sat four times in the last seven games. That is concerning, and they have the assets to play the hot hand in Chicago. Joe, he'll, Joe he'll be Madden. the hot hand eventually. Joe Madden, man, I was gonna bench Kyle Schwarber, you know, not that's not happening. Uh, he's a little unpredictable, but all right. Seriously, on Contreras, we should probably talk about this. Uh, are you moving him down in your rankings because he's he's not playing nearly as much as we'd like? I, I've tr- like we, I think we all have done a pretty major rankings overhaul in the last three or four days. And when I got to the catcher position, I, yeah, I'd like to move Wilson Contreras down. I want to yeah. move Russell Martin down. There's there's all kinds of guys I'd like to move down at the catcher position, but that means that I have to move somebody else up. And they all suck. Well, I mean, <laughs> you could move up edges, I guess, is Adam's point. Yeah, but yeah, sure. it, Into my top five catchers? Yeah, no, I didn't either. I moved edges up to, like, 15th, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's an uninspiring group right now. Who's the the top catcher in fantasy? Is like uh, Real Muto still McCann, right? <laughs> I'll check, but yeah, look, it's been such a terrible position. Posey's been bad. Lucroy's been awful, and Gary yeah, Sanchez he's been sitting a lot. Uh, Austin Hedges, by the way, is your number one catcher in fantasy right now. Oh no, sorry, that's free agents. 
Uh, JT Realmuto is one. Austin Hedges is two. McCann is three. Okay. Salvi is four. Uh, yeah. yeah, look, what, you know, you drafted those catchers early, though, that big three, because you thought you were going to get a leg up on the competition. Right now it is not happening. Chris, Chris some, told some, you not to. Some of us didn't. Look, he knew Buster Posey was going to get a concussion. It's been three weeks. Let's, <laughs> let's relax. Russell sure. Martin just hit a home run yesterday. They, can you please stop? Things, can you please get out of the way things, of the victory parade? We're going to run you over. Things are going to normalize here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the Thames watch. Eric Thames went three for three with two homers off of Amir Garrett, a lefty. He's homering off lefties too. He's batting 373 with a 481 on base. Okay, 13 walks, 18 strikeouts. A 910 slugging percentage with six doubles in addition to 10 home runs. And Thames right now is the number one hitter in fantasy. By herself, Scott White is not crazy for thinking that Thames will finish in the top five in the first, MVP race. First of all, before the top five in MVP voting is what you wrote here. Yeah. Uh, you put a number on it. I just said he'd be in the MVP conversation, so you're kind of putting words in my mouth here. But, but I did a little I... bit of research this morning. Okay. And Thames is the 56th player to hit at least 10 home runs before the calendar turns to May. He, I think, is the 13th in the last 10 years. And if you look at the guys that have done it in the last 10 years, you go back farther and you get into the steroids era, which may or may not be fair to Thames. Um. The average home run for the guys that hit at least 10 home runs was 33 for the year. Okay. I think that's a fair over-under for Thames right now. Well, that – That includes some guys that got hurt. It, it also includes A-Rod that was on steroids. It includes uh, – who was the, the Tigers guy? That's going back okay, too far. Okay, that's even that's further? Not, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, and I, do, I did see his name, and I, I did not even remember who I, he was. I will point out <laughs> uh, baseball savant has – Shelton. Really, yes, Chris Shelton. Chris Shelton. Has released a stat called expected woba oh, that basically okay. tries to predict a player's offensive production uh, based on the quality of contact that they've received. And I, I looked at it and it was more predictive of a player's woba in the following season than their actual woba. Right. So that's a that's a good sign. Uh, he has one of the largest gaps between expected woba and actual woba. But his expected Woba would still be better than Mike Trout's best season. Now so. Woba is weighted on base average. It should be yep. Waba, but nobody, all the bad, all the Babbitt people out there don't seem to hold the same rules for Woba. Woba and sounds Waba. dumb. Babbitt sounds dumb. No, Babbitt doesn't. Babbitt sound sounds dumb. Woba sounds Woba. Okay. Woba sounds great. I think Woba's a terrific acronym. But uh yeah, so so Woba is basically kind of like a little bit more inclusive version of OPS, right? Yeah, it just it weights things a little more fairly. And to that point, yes, if Eric Thames hits the ball like he has the first oh, three I was, weeks of the season. I was making a joke that like even if he regresses, he right. still hit the ball like a superstar. Right. He has hit the ball like a superstar. I I still think you sell him. For what I asked you off the air, would you rather have Carlos Gonzalez or Eric Thames? You said cargo, Chris, I don't know what you said and Scott, you weren't here. I would rather have Carlos Gonzalez, but I don't know if I'm trading Eric Thames for him. There yeah. are enough questions about Carlos Gonzalez that I don't know. Like those, those like would you rather when you actually put them in practice? There's no way I'm trading Eric Thames right now. You know the funny thing yeah. is, like you talk about 33 home runs. Is that what you said was the average? Mm-hmm. He's got yeah. 10. If he hits 23 home runs over the next five months, he's going to be pretty disappointing in fantasy. Well, unless he's just hitting like 50 doubles and still ripping the ball over the park. 
or you know he could always exceed I mean, the average. He had 50 doubles in Miller Park. That's disappointing. Um, the other thing I saw is seven of his home runs are against the Reds. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's I know all Reds. of his homers off lefties are against the Reds. Four. He's up to four off lefties. Both yesterday's were off. Uh, were off Amir Garrett. So. Um, Let, let's wrap which, up the by Thames the way, watch. He started against Amir Garrett. That's also a good sign. Let's wrap up the Thames watch, Scott. You have any final thoughts? He's 19th in my outfield rankings now. Ooh, so he's oh, five wow. spots yeah, behind Carlos Gonzalez. I didn't move him up that much. No, I haven't either. Okay. All right. Um, and that brings us to the tweet of the day. It's from Nathan Pickle. And he says, new segment for pod, Team Thames Tuesday. And yes, I agree for, for here. I think we're all Team Thames. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's now Team Thames Tuesday instead of Team Name Tuesday. And here are a couple of Eric Thames Team Thames, uh, from CR. Can't be Thamed. Okay. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. And from A-Train, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Okay. Okay. They could have a good logo. There you go. Can uh, I, uh, can I come up with one? Yeah, please. It'll be a segment that we can discuss which player currently not in the majors can be the next difference maker player to be thames later <laughs> yes <laughs> i love it yours are so much better than heath's gosh heath you, you gotta really work on your team names with the yasmani i are outstanding <laughs> yasmani money tomas problems it's still nothing <laughs> it's awesome okay uh let's do the big news jack peterson is on the dl with a groin strain he could be back in just 10 days should we be picking up cody bellinger no. Okay. No. No. I picked him up uh, and I dropped. <laughs> yeah. I dropped Trey Mancini because Seth Smith is back in the lineup. And I picked him up just because I think if you have a bench spot and you can stash a prospect, not a bad idea. I mean, the answers to these questions aren't universal. Sure. Uh, Julio Arias is going to start Thursday. Ian Desmond took BP. He's making good progress. Dustin Bedroya day to day with a knee injury. Devin Mezzarocco will be activated Friday. Uh-oh, Shelby Miller on the DL with elbow inflammation, and he is going to get a second opinion on his elbow from that elbow doctor whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Ella Trash. Ella Trash. Trash. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's an, a, that's a reminder that um, throwing hard's not always a great sign. It sometimes <laughs> does uh, portend elbow injuries because you're putting a lot more stress on your arm than you're used to. And I just want to point out that I don't actually know it's Ella Trash. I, that's just what I want it to be. Oh. It could be that. Ella Trache. <laughs> could be that, too. But he's a renowned elbow surgeon, and he's looking at Shelby Miller's elbow. Uh, time for an autocorrect. Milwaukee outfielder Ryan Brain is day-to-day after fouling a pitch off his foot. Uh, I put fought in the fought. notes, but <laughs> that's a typo, not an autocorrect. <laughs> Uh, still no timetable for Josh Donaldson. And I know we have, but it's, I don't think it'll be too long. And I know we have uh, a lot of Canadian listeners, so please go to cbsports.com and check out Jonah Carey's interview with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I probably didn't need to tell you that he is the Canadian Prime Minister. American listeners can also, uh, listen to it. You're, they They don't talk Canadian? Um, you can understand it. <laughs> no, it is also a podcast, but on the website, uh, yeah, you can, you can uh, read the. You give some great advice. They have subtitles. <laughs> they do. Yes. A. So let's do buy low, sell high. I asked you guys for two of each. Little Noah's Ark here of buy low, sell high. Uh, Heath, why don't you kick us off? Give us no. I I I I uh <laughs> I thought I was going last. <laughs> okay. My, name, my names aren't even in the list. <laughs> uh, Scott, do you also want to go last? 
I can I can give you a sell high. Give me a sell high, Scott. I believe Greg Holland to be a sell high. Wow. He is the number one relief pitcher in fantasy, and you know it's it's less because I don't believe Greg Holland is a good pitcher. I I, I do think he is, but confidence in the Rockies, um, in who will be closing for the Rockies, how many save opportunities he's going to get. They have a history of getting off to very hot starts and then fading in the summer months. But so it's been a disproportionately high number of opportunities for him early, and it given is worth that his name is Greg out. Holland. It's worth pointing out. They have three starters who are going to be in the lineup within the next few weeks who are not there right now. That's questionable. In the next month. No, they're talking. I was just reading something about how they may just play Ian Desmond in the outfield for Gerardo Parra because they want to leave Mark Reynolds at first base. I'm, I'm sh- his sixth home run. I'm sure they currently think that. Well, well I- anyway, I, I don't think Greg Holland's going to get 60 saves. So. Um, I offered him, you, you, uh, you sent out an on the block update yesterday, Adam, saying you would trade Dylan Bundy in a points league where his RP eligibility matters, um, straight up for a legit top five closer. And I offered you Holland in the hopes you consider him a legit top five closer, cause I do not. I got Holland, I got a Kelvin Herrera, I got a Edwin Diaz, and th- I mean, they're all Perfectly fair offers, but for Bundy, I'm trying to get, you know, Chapman. I already got turned down for Kenley Jansen. The thing is, like, in a points league, if you guys play in these Sparp leagues, if Dylan Bundy has his best case scenario season, I think he's probably going to score more fantasy points than any closer. Like, like Danny Duffy might outscore him, but if those Sparps have great seasons, they will probably outscore any closer. So, just something yeah. you should know. I'm not saying you should value him more than Jansen, but just something you should know. Uh, Chris, you did your homework. Give me some buy lows and sell highs. Okay, I will go with two buy lows. I will start with Hanley Ramirez, who I mentioned earlier. I wrote about him yesterday. I think there is a lot of reason to be optimistic about Hanley Ramirez, despite the slow start. He has, uh, I was looking it up on uh, stat cast, they have the stat barrels, which is basically an ideally struck ball. It's a ball that goes for a hit about eight, 80% of the time. Uh, he's four for eight on barreled balls. That right there, like that alone tells you that he's had bad luck. He's had a couple of, of really hard hit balls that were just robbed by great, uh, catches. I posted some gifs in the, uh, in the article I wrote. So I think Hanley Ramirez is going to be just fine. But isn't that just like two hits? Does that really make a big difference? Well, they they both would have been extra base hits. There, right. There's a couple others. The, he he's one of the guy. One of the biggest differences between expected woba and actual woba. Um, I think he's third on that list. And uh, yeah, I I still think you can look at Hanley Ramirez and and say he's probably the same guy he was last year and just has had some bad luck. Okay, good to know. And another buy low. Uh, Justin Verlander. The numbers aren't great. Strikeout rates down, walk rates up, ERAs up, but I'm not worried about it. I, he, the stuff seems to be there. The stuff actually seems improved. He's throwing a little bit harder. Um, I'm just, we've seen him get off to slow starts and then find it over the last couple of seasons. So I, if the person who owns Justin Verlander in my league is worried, 
I will gladly take him. There's been some talk about Verlander perhaps tipping his pitches, which you would think would be easily correctable. Uh, correctable tipping his pitches. Heath, have you ever been cow tipping? I have never been cow tipping. Seems that me- was an activity in my hometown. Um, that thing, I know many people that have been cow tipping. Do was, the cows like get out of it okay? That was not. Yes, they got it fine. I don't know. Yeah, cows lay down and stand back up all the time. Well, yeah, but that's being forced. Yeah, they just get pushed over. You've been pushed over before, and it hurts. <laughs> you just got to run. It's afterwards. not cool. I'm, I'm glad you said no to that, Heath. I'm glad you said I, that. No, I've I've never been cow tipping. I'm gonna let's just start an argument right okay. now, and I'm gonna buy low on Danny Salazar. That's shocking to everybody, right? I know the walks aren't under control. He's got a 431 BABIP and a 69% strand rate, despite the fact he's only giving up 25% hard contact. He's got a, a FIP of 2.02, an XFIP of 2.8, and an ERA over 4. If you can get somebody to trade you Danny Salazar based on his ERA, they only maybe view him as a number 4 starter now or something like that, then go get him. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you guys some buy-low candidates. You tell me if you agree. Mark Trumbo batting 214 with one home run. He is not hitting any more ground balls than he did last year. His line drive percentage is way up according to baseball reference, but uh 3.8% home run to fly ball ratio. Now, we weren't expecting Trumbo to repeat last year, which was which was crazy. And, and by the way, the the home run to fly ball ratio on on fan graphs and baseball reference is different. Uh they they count different types of hits, but still very very low. So I and Trumbo's just a streaky player. So, I don't know. I think he's somewhat of an obvious buy low. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I would buy him low. Yeah, okay. Okay, here's one. And I did put out a trade offer yesterday for Eric Hosmer. And then I read an article about how Hosmer is just punishing the ball into the ground, uh, hitting <laughs> just a ridiculous amount of ground balls. Himself. What'd you say? He's punishing himself, if that's the case. Yeah, he's hitting way too many ground balls. He hit a lot of, last year, he's hitting even more this year. Look, I'm not gonna try to get too fancy with Eric Hosmer. He's part of a, of a trade, like, I'm trying to get an upgrade in pitching and downgrading at hitting, but getting Hosmer back. Here's the deal. I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's gonna Great. hit 25 home runs, but I think he can give me some batting average. And he's been so bad. And I know Hosmer's not a 192 hitter. I know based on the World Baseball Classic, he's better than Paul Goldschmidt, right? So, I just feel like law of averages, Hosmer's gonna turn it around, and, uh, I, I think you're right. I, I've downgraded Hosmer slightly, and I wonder if the whole free agent thing is having a negative effect on him, and he's just trying too hard. I don't know, but there's no question in my mind, Eric Hosmer has a hot, hot streak coming in the next three or four weeks, and he's gonna look like a good hitter again, and people will get fooled. I, yes, if you can get him for nothing, that's fine. Just he's, to bring, He's just not that good though. No, he's not, well, yeah. but he's he's good in a in a corner like, infield. He doesn't sense. he doesn't meet the the minimum standard. Yeah, I would exactly much rather would have go. Ryan Zimmerman well, than Eric Hosmer. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly where I was gonna go. I that's don't fine. know if I'd much rather have Ryan Zimmerman. But I would much rather have him Here's because the there's there's circle. a chance that no matter which one I choose in three months, I'm gonna have to find another corner infielder anyway. Yeah. So give me the guy who's hitting right now. All right. right. Well, here's here's the trade offer I made. I offered Jake Lamb. And Garrett Cole for Hosmer and Degrom. Is that? I was going to say that Jake Jake Lamb would be one of my favorite sell highs. He he is one of my favorite sell highs, and I I think he's good. But I still I'm worried about the whole uh, humidor thing. Well, he's got a 30 percent strikeout rate and a 420 BABIP, and they're getting ready to put a humidor and take away half his home runs. 
Right. So I'm trying to use Hosmer to really upgrade my pitching by downgrading my hitting. It's part of a bigger deal. I'm not just trading Lamb for Hosmer because I think Lamb is better than Hosmer. That that's a that's a pretty savvy offer, I think. Except I, you know, I I think Degrom's off to such a good start. The other owner's not going to go for it. But I think I get where you're going with that. Like Lamb, Hosmer using that switch to it, upgrade it pitching in a way that may not actually end up being a downgrade at hitting. And Heath and I have been like trying to diagnose Eric Hosmer over the last few days and it's just like his batted ball profile is just all wrong. Like he hits the ball in the air to the opposite side and then pulls the ball on the ground. And that's just not what you want to do. Only when it rains. You can't pull the ball in dry weather. <laughs> that's not the best way. Like that's he's kind of the opposite of Christian Yelich, who is a player who Probably doesn't have the raw talent that Eric Cosmer does. We've talked about it all the time. Eric Cosmer looks like a dang baseball player. Oh, yeah. But Christian Yelich pulls all his fly balls. Pull, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I got confused for a second. You're in my head. He talked about pooling a ball. I thought he was talking about Jake Lamb again. And (laughs) hits all of his grounders the other way. That's a way that you boost your BABIP because balls hit the other way on the ground and on the, and on the, on a line. Are more likely to go for for hits and balls pulled are likely to go for home runs. Eric Hosmer's got it all backwards. Well, yeah, because there's no water on the field. It's all in the fountains out in the outfield. You're I gotta, don't you're gonna know pull a ball. You got to hit it over the fence. How Eric Hosmer goes about entirely fixing his approach well, at the plate. He's well, in a okay. slump. He's in a Let's slump. Just... He's in, like he's he's batting 192. Right. Eric Hosmer. If you go back like. Not last year when he was more of a home run hitter. The year before that, he's a top 10 first baseman because he hit around 300. Well, he drove no, in runs. Because he scored a bunch of runs and had a bunch of RBI. The lineup's not as good anyway. Yeah, the lineup's not. No, like he's that's, just not that's a concern. That, like, the lineup's pretty much the same. The lineups, okay. they're underperforming. The Royals have scored two or fewer runs in eight straight games. That is Eric Hosmer's going to hit between 270 and 300. He's going to score between 180 runs and drive in the same number and hit around 20 home runs. Do you think Maybe. Gregory Polanco? I mean, that's what he's done for seven years. Do you think Gregory Polanco? Three good weeks. I'm no, to, come I'm, on. Can I speed yeah, this up? He's had. Hold on. The last two seasons, he's had those RBI and run totals. Before that, it was not that. Do, do, for one year, because he played 130 no, games. The year no. before that, it was 86 20, and 79. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've enjoyed the Eric Hosmer podcast today, fellas. Did you read the IM I sent you guys? Yes. No. Okay, well, Chris, maybe you should read that, and it would it would help clarify my stance here. Um, it says <laughs> we gotta go a little faster. We have a lot to get to. Is Gregory Polanco a buy low candidate? People are talking about dropping Gregory Polanco. Uh, Knuckleheads. Are you worried about him though? He's been dropped in my ten team league. Oh, did you put in a claim? I couldn't. Oh, why? I have three outfielders that are better than Gregory Polanco. <laughs> Uh, I still have Polanco ahead of Thames. Does that make me a bad person, considering I moved Thames up to 19? I still have Polanco ahead of Thames. It just okay. means that you think Gregory Polanco is going to be in the MVP discussion. Um, <laughs> no, for, okay. <laughs> I said I wouldn't fall out of my chair if Eric Thames is in the MVP discussion. I didn't say Eric Thames will be a top five MVP finisher. But how can you be in the MVP discussion if you're not in the top five? Like there, are, there are more than five players in the MVP discussion. Not maybe. really, not like the legit. All right, but Gregory Polanco, <laughs> Pittsburgh has the seventh most at bats against lefties this year, so I'd like to see him get a huh. few more at bats against righties. And I think he'd be an obvious buy low candidate if I weren't concerned about Polanco's shoulder. Uh, Bingo. Yeah. What do you think? I think exactly that. He's still a good buy low candidate. 
Like I'm, I'm still buying low on Gregor Polanco. If, I agree. If too. someone in your league wants to drop him, then you can buy him for very low. I would try to tra- trade Ryan Zimmerman for him. Okay. Uh, let's do some sell high in just a second. But look, we're always giving away free stuff on this show. Today, it's for you people who are hiring and looking to find the best candidates. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike to try an awesome, amazing website for free. Look, if you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find candidates all across the country. Just post once. Watch your qualified candidates roll in. ZipRecruiter makes this process so simple. Your business is really going to benefit from it. And that's why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. It will work for you. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free, people. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Right, Jake Lamb was my sell high, and who else? Who you guys got? Uh, and again, like I, I, you know, I like Jake Lamb. I've always been kind of the Lamb guy, but I'm worried about the humidor and uh, and just all the strikeouts. So, you tell me who you're selling high on. Zach Greinke. How's that for topical? Padres. Yeah, struck out 11 Padres yesterday, and uh, I mean his overall numbers look really good now. He's faced the Padres twice in a row, though. Um, right. I think that's right. Yeah, it is. And, and, um, the velocity still at, like, he's still topping out at like 92 tops, averaging less on his fastball than he ever has. It's not a situation where I'd be like afraid to hold on to Granky because I have noticed this trend with him, like his swinging strike total has increased every start up to 17 this start. Four of them have been double digit swinging strikes, which is, I mean, it's good, but, I'm still worried that with the reduced velocity, like he can't sustain ace level production. He'll be worth using in fantasy, but not ace level production. And right now, coming off this start, his numbers look ace like. And obviously, he's Zach Ranky. So I think you could trade him for, you know, like a Chris Archer type or maybe even somebody off to a slower start than that. Maybe like a Johnny Cueto. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering because I th- I know that I have Grinky higher than you. I still have him behind those guys, but I think like would you trade Grinky for James Paxton? I would rather have Paxton. I think I would. Yeah. See, I think I just hold Grinky. What about like uh, Garrett Cole? No, no, but but I have doubts about Cole too. I have even bigger Keuchel? doubts about Cole. Yes, I'd rather have Keiko than Grinky. See, I think Grinky can be like. I think he can be Keuchel, or if not better. Yeah, he. I would expect okay. more strikeouts. Right. So I. I'd expect a similar number. All right. I I, I just think well, there's a lot more downside for Grinky. I I, I agree with Scott's premise. Uh, if you can get the guys he was saying in the beginning, right. Um, right. I, I would so trade high. him for the Quatos, those Archers, those guys. I I'd rather hold him over Paxton and McCullers, though. Okay. You didn't bring up McCullers. That's a new name you're throwing in. Paxton you're putting words in my mouth again. Paxton Why is everybody putting words in my mouth? <laughs> uh, all right, Heath, who you got? Sell high, buy low. Well, what? you you kind of stole my uh, Jake Lamb. I'm a little bit worried about Cole Hamels, mm-hmm. but his numbers look pretty good. So if I could get 
an, an, a struggling ace for Hamels, I would certainly go to it. I'm, I'd what, rather have Paxton than Hamels. I would not rather have Paxton than Hamels, but um, see, and that's the problem is I, I don't know who you're selling Hamels high for that somebody's actually going to give you for him, but he's just not struck anybody out. The control issues seem to still be there. He's been one of the luckiest pitchers so far this year. Let's try a trade on the air. He has. Wait, let's try this. Let's try this. Scott White, I give you Cole Hamels. You give me Chris Archer. No, I'd rather have Archer. Fine. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say, Chris? Uh, (laughs) Hamels is throwing a little bit harder. So, worth noting. Just out there. <laughs> not, not, not led to good results. He should go back to throwing softer. <laughs> well, the thing, I mean, Hamels, I'm so torn on because as Scott has said, we've been doing this podcast for about seven years and every year it seems like there's a Cole Hamels discussion and every single year he throws 200 innings and strikes out 194 or more batters. So, you know, it's tough. You don't want to count Cole Hamels out, but, uh, you know, it's annoying. Okay. Uh, any other, any other names guys or shall we move on? Um, I mean, We've probably talked about him too much overall, but I still think Matt Harvey's an obvious sell high candidate. I'm just not impressed. I am. I keep moving him up. Yeah, I, it's all by him. I have not. Trade him to me, Chris. Trade uh, him to me. He doesn't I, have him. He I still have, have him in one league. He I does. still have him 40th. You have him so, in some, uh, what league do you have him in where you beat me to him? Podcast league, I think. One of them. One of them. Yeah. Trade him to me. I'm right in the middle, I think, on Harvey. I, I've seen some encouraging signs if he's going to continue to get better. If he pitches like this all year, then he's go, he's got some regression coming. I've got him 34th overall. Uh, when I dropped Mad Bum, that's kind of the spot where I chose to stop because I, I wouldn't trade Mad Bum for Harvey. Okay. Let's uh, get into yesterday's action a little bit. Here are some crazy stats. We also have some emails to read at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Uh, Brandon Kinsler and Fernando Rodney are 11 for 11 in save chances this year. Kinsler hasn't given up a run. What do you guys make of this? Fernando Rodney has given up runs. <laughs> yeah. It's Fernando Rodney being Fernando Rodney in a very Fernando Rodney way. Uh, <laughs> Kinsler has gotten a little bit fortunate, but he's been better than I expected, and there's nobody there to take the job from him. And David Peralta is 41% owned in his last seven games. David Peralta is 17 for 31. With a home run, uh, one steal, and four doubles and a triple. So he was batting 178 in his first 11 games. Now Peralta's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Should he be more owned than 41%? Uh, yeah, he absolutely should be. He's one of the players I'm featuring in the waiver wire column today. I think all four of those doubles came in one game. Uh, he had a home run and a steal yesterday. He's up to three of each. So he's showing that, 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 that varied hitter arsenal that uh, got us so excited about him a couple years ago, and obviously last year was just totally ruined by injuries. He'll have to play against left-handers more to be like a universally owned player, but he has started against some left-handers, and as hot as he is now, I feel like that's only going to increase. Okay, that's David Peralta. Would you rather own David Peralta or Avi Garcia? Peralta. Um. Yeah, I think it's time to move Peralta ahead. Yesterday, I would have given a different answer, but <laughs> time to move Peralta up. Uh, Mark Reynolds is the number seven first baseman in points leagues, number four in roto. And Heath, you say there's a chance Reynolds sticks in the lineup when uh, when Ian Desmond gets back. 
That well, that was a piece that a uh, somebody for the Rockies had written talking about how they are talking about just playing Desmond in the outfield when he comes back, at least until Reynolds cools off. I don't know why you would take him out of the lineup right now. Like maybe two weeks from now, he strikes out 17 times in a week, and you decide you're going to play Desmond at first base like you originally planned. But you've got room to play Desmond in the outfield. I would just stick him out there. I don't know what the situation is with Dahl is probably the bigger question because if they decide they have to get Dahl in the lineup. Well, there, there's an issue even before Dahl gets back, and that's Gerardo Parra. He's hitting three twenty seven. So one, one of Parra and Reynolds has right. to come out when Desmond comes back. Parra has only three extra base hits. So, you know, Reynolds has been the more productive player. But I, I think there's little doubt right now that the plan would be play Desmond in the outfield against lefties. It's just which one of those two do they start against a righty? Yeah. Okay. Well, would you rather have Mitch Moreland or Mark Reynolds? Moreland. I would rather have Moreland for the rest of the year. I'd rather have really Reynolds for the next two weeks. Uh, how many times do they play at Coors in the next two weeks? I don't know. They're there right now. Yeah, let's say half the time. Who knows? Uh, I would <laughs> rather have Moreland. All right, uh, Anthony Rizzo has four steals in four attempts. He stole 17 bases in, two th- in 2015. That's his only season with more than six steals. Uh, by the way, in 2015, Rizzo stole most of those bases early in the year. But uh, four steals, you know, yesterday he was like a walking steal. He stole it off the pitcher. But um, what do you think? Could Rizzo steal 15 bases this year? Yes, 15 seems very reasonable. I wouldn't go any higher than that. Okay, sure. great. And I want to talk about David Freeze. David Freeze, here's your stat, 10 walks, 8 strikeouts. And he's batting 321, 418 on base, 546 slugging. He's been very good. Three homers, three doubles for Freeze. And uh, not sure if anybody caught the article in USA Today. David Freeze was a hometown hero. He hit that game-winning home run for the Cardinals. He won the World Series. He's a St. Louis guy, and he was battling depression for most of his life. And he was drinking too much. It's a very interesting article. Really um, good article. Would you, you read it? Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, gets traded, which ended up being a good thing for him as all the pressure of being the hometown hero had kind of gone away. He meets a girl. He gets married. He's happy now. He's not drinking. I don't know. Maybe there's off-field stuff that is going to make David Freeze a better player. And right now he's off to a very nice start with the Pirates. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I own him in a couple of deeper leagues. And I feel like that's the kind of format you'd have to own him in as much as uh, is available at third base. Like, it's he's kind of in the same class of Chase as Chase Headley for me in that I think I know who he is, and I think it's not very good. But he's walking so much in the early going and has, has obviously been hot all year that I'm, they're kind of cracking open the mind a little bit. Right. So, you know, I'm betting against both of them, but uh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on them too. Okay, guys. I want to read a couple of emails here. Mm, you know what? No, let's save that because I think we have more important stuff. Can I make a trade offer to Scott right now? Yes. I give Matt Harvey and Hanley and Freddie Freeman. Whoa! Wow! Whoa. This is this deal's getting Whoa, done. Juicy! Scott will give his whole roster. See, I don't know if I'm getting enough back. All right, all right. Corey Kluber, we Hanley Ramirez, days. and Ian Desmond. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm getting enough. That's a fair back. trade. That's a very fair. That's trade. a very fair trade. Harvey and Freeman for Kluber. No, actually, that's a that's a ripoff. Scott would be getting ripped off in this instance. Hanley and Ian Desmond. This is in the the podcast league. Yeah, take it, Scott. I I have to look at my roster before I. I'm 
I'm leaning against it because Kluber is the best player in the deal, and that's normally oh, the side I, think I take. Freeman I thought Freddie Freeman was the best player in the deal. I don't think so. I was always drafting Kluber ahead of Freeman. I know, but look what Freeman's done through the first three weeks. Yeah, look, look what Kluber's done. Look what Kluber just did. I do need to move some hitting for pitching in that league. I'll, right. I'll, I'll look at it. I, I can't. I'm not in a position to answer right now. I'm okay. leaning no. It's a very I'll, fair I'll offer. I'll look at it closer. I don't think I'm getting enough back. I though. would say if Scott doesn't take that, he doesn't really believe in Matt Harvey. <laughs> or Freddie Freeman. I mean, I'm giving up Ian Desmond, too, who's about to be back and would be the starter in every league. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Scott is trying to find a way to own Ian Desmond in all of his fantasy leagues. I feel like he has a lot of Ian Desmond. Well, maybe that was just the mock drafts. I know we've had this discussion before. But uh, let's go to uh, some of yesterday's good and bad. Tell me if you're ready to drop any of these three based on what they what their last start. I'm going to guess – I know what the answers are, but let's just do it anyway. Amir Garrett, terrible start yesterday. Jason Vargas, 17 swinging strikes but struggled a little bit at the White Sox. And Francisco Liriano has only one quality start in four starts so far. Uh Garrett, Vargas, Liriano, are we hanging on or are we cutting bait? Uh With both of them being two-start guys, I could understand dropping them, but I'm probably going to wait for one more start because I can still get see one more start from them before next week's roster's lock. Yeah. Um Garrett. Listen, it's Miller Park. I'm not going to hold that against him. I will point out um, <laughs> Paul Sporer from Fangraphs had a really interesting tweet before yesterday's outing for Garrett where he pointed out that he hasn't really been any good against right-handed batters, uh, not getting any swinging strikes. Brewers had, I believe, only one lefty in the lineup. So And he had two home runs. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, I, you know – the Brewers are a tough matchup. Like, yeah. They strike out a lot, but they also have by far the highest isolated pow- uh, slugging percentage in baseball. So, you know, that's that's not an easy matchup. And I would say Vargas got a little bit unlucky. He still had five strikeouts, no walks, gave up six singles and one home run. Yeah, He had 17 swinging strikes in this game? Yep. In five innings, Vargas? There was holy. a good graphic from Jesse holy Newell holy. on Twitter that showed his 2016 changeup next to his 2017 changeup, and it looks like it's almost breaking the opposite direction. It was weird, but he wrote wrote a piece on it as well. 16 versus 17? Yeah. He threw 12 innings last year. Right, yeah. Guys, I want to speed it up a little bit, so we're going to hang on to uh, oh. Garrett, Vargas, and Liriano. I was going to say, Vargas, you could potentially – get rid of if there was something exciting out there because I don't have a lot of faith in him, but 17 swing strikes I think changes that answer for me. you got to see at least one more. Okay. Um, who do you want to pick up in this group, if anyone? Miguel Gonzalez. Miguel Gonzalez ended last season with 10 quality starts in his last 11 starts, not including a start he left with an injury. And uh, two starts in a row of eight or more innings and combined one earned run. Miguel Gonzalez, Hyunjin Ryu, Brett Anderson, Chad Cool. Why would I pick up Chad Cool? Nah, because you... he, he can't face the Cubs. Last year he had a 10.45 ERA against the Cubs. <laughs> he sucks against the Cubs. He's not that good. Period, though, right? Uh, no, he's I mean... like a he's like a somewhat interesting poor man's Tanner Roark at his best. I yeah. picked up Gonzalez before this week for a two week start. I think against Chris. Um, but I will, I will drop him after the two week start. If, if I was in a league where I Heath, needed one of these guys, it would be Gonzalez. If you, you yeah, gotta say I, two start week, not two week start. You said uh, two yeah, week start. Very, very helpful. Twice. Um, twice. Wow, <laughs> no, I actually, I actually agree with Heath that of these four, which includes Ryu, uh, Gonzalez is probably my favorite right now. Ryu with reduced velocity just doesn't 
seem like anything special, even though this was his best start. The strikeouts were down, and I eh. already zero and four. Like Gonzalez, <laughs> there's nothing peripherally to get you excited, but he's allowed six hits in his last two starts combined. Only one of them left the infield. Right. And he has like a 250 ERA in his last 20 starts or something dating back to last year. It's just, it's like, I don't know that he deserves to be much more owned than 38%, but I'm happy to own him in the very deep leagues where I do. Yeah. This kind of feels like the Hector Santiago was good for half a year thing to me. Like it's a nice thing to know, but it doesn't change how I feel about the player. Okay. It's time for Team Thames Tuesday. This is from Bob who included a picture of Fred Durst giving the middle finger, and I did it all for the Mookie. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. This is from Ripley, for for whom the Bellinger tolls. Yep. From Daniel, Zimmerman Toast Crunch. Yep. <laughs> I like that one the best. I like food ones, I think. Yeah. Hanegers and hot dogs. I mean, is there any question that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a top five cereal? Oh, no. it's the best cereal. Well, I... I posted a top five cereals list to Facebook not too long ago and didn't include it. But you I've since you posted that. a That's top it. five list of cereals to Facebook. I, I just like to post top fives on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> I used um, to post I'm, top threes all the time, Scott. I mean, the downside to Cinnamon Toast Crunch is you have to eat it the whole box soon after opening the box because if you let it sit in the box for too long, it takes on kind of a salty quality that's weird and off-putting. No, but what? fresh out of the box. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fresh Where out do of the you box. store? Do you store your cereal in a salt mine? No, no. I've just, never had this. Something I've, weird I've got three kids. It's kind of sweaty. Like it's not <laughs> good. I've got three kids. <laughs> a box of cereal lasts like four hours at my house. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have a box of cinnamon toast crunch. It tastes fine. I gotta when become friends with great. Scott on Facebook so I can see his top fives. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Scott had a great post about the. About uh, Krispy Kreme donuts on Facebook. I, I encourage everyone who's Facebook friends with you were a grandfather, which is nobody. Uh, <laughs> <grandfather>. <laughs> no, old, old people about? use Facebook. Old people use Facebook. You're on Facebook. What yeah, but like, about? you know, uh, the only one I'm friends with here on Facebook is Adam. Yeah, wow, so, it's good stuff. He's got real. He's got an adorable what you, kid. What are you guys doing? Why aren't you requesting? Why well, well, I do is post pictures of my me. kids. <laughs> I happen to know. I happen to know that somebody in the office requested a friendship with Scott on Facebook and Scott, because he's not really friends with the guy has not and will not accept it. Is that true? I like Scott? that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Harsh. That is Wait, one of my favorite things. Do you know this from me or do you know this from the other person? Uh, pretty sure from him. And I think I asked you about it and you confirmed that you're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like, I have way too many friends on Facebook from when it first started and I just accepted everybody I remotely knew. But I've kind of gotten weird about who I accept now. Well, I'm like, definitely sending Scott a friend request right now to see how this goes. All right, uh, more Team Thames Tuesday. This is from T.W. Perry, a longtime listener, a rare participator. Does your team ever win? Sure. And yes. once upon a midnight Drury. Yep. That's good. This is Adam from California who says, First, I would like to say it annoys me how much Adam always complains about everything, not to mention his terrible tweet, t- uh, Twitter take about how the NBA sucks now and how all the good players are on one team, even though he's a Yankees fan. My team names yep. are Scope, there it is, and Naquin and Afraid. Well, yep. Adam. Kind of like Naquin and Afraid. Those are names. Yeah. I came up with a good one last night. If you don't want me to complain, Adam, then maybe you should rhyme Scope with something that, it, you know, not not Shoop or Whoop or whatever. 
Uh, what were you guys saying, Heath? What'd you? When Jason Hayward hit his home run last night, I was so excited because, you know, I was, I'm a Jason Hayward believer, so I tweeted, carry on my Hayward son. Mm. Hayward Pines would have been better. <laughs> Hayward Pines. <laughs> um, I like the unexpected ones, like Zimmerman for Cinnamon, I'd never think of that. Naquin for Naked, I'd never think of that. Uh, Hanniger for hamburger. I'd never. Think you should that. put your top five listener team name Tuesdays on Facebook. <laughs> Maybe I will. All right. Uh, There's let's... not a lot of crossover with my Twitter followers and my Facebook audience. Facebook audience is mostly like college, high school friends and family. Jeff Bagwell bites. So they don't really care about anything fantasy baseball related. What Jeff Bagwell bites? What is Bagel that? bites? Oh, I said he liked food ones. I was trying to come up with a food one for him. Just say Bagwell bites. That I think that would have been pretty good. Okay, uh, let's baseball name. Baseball time. You care about any of these guys in deep leagues? Matt Cain, Phil Hughes, Martin Perez, Jesse Chavez. Nope. I started Cain as a two start pitcher, but now it sounds like he left with a foot injury. From that start, and uh, may just be a one-start pitcher. Hamstring tightness. They they were sort of downplaying it, uh, but yeah, we'll see with Kane. He is kind of CC Sabathiaing it, guys. Uh, two forty-two ERA, nine walks, fifteen strikeouts, and twenty-two and a third. Two earned runs allowed in his last three starts combined. Yeah, Matt Kane. No. Okay, so deep league still. He's he's deeply eligible. He's I was throwing say, softer, and he had like a six ERA the last two years. So. I would say Chavez is probably the most interesting of the group, which tells you how interesting the group is. Yeah, Bud Norris got his second save with Cam Bedrosian out, so that could again just be a ten day thing, but you never know. But you can't ignore it anymore. Sure. And more news and notes: Jake Odorizzi should be back on May first. Miguel Sano is suspended one game. He is appealing the suspension. Zach Britton is going to throw a bullpen session Wednesday. Matt Barnes was suspended four games for throwing at Manny Machado's head in just a stupid, stupid exercise that we see too much in baseball. Pablo Sandoval has a knee injury. Maybe I can convince Scott to drop Pablo Sandoval from our team, which has four crappy third basemen on it. Sandoval perhaps being the crappiest. Well, I pointed out to you yesterday, Sandoval is second on our team in RBI. Yeah, that's, uh, that says a lot about Team Scab. <laughs> <It does. laughs> uh, Adam Frazier's on the DL. Matt Kane, hamstring tightness, as we mentioned. Travis Jankowski is on the DL for San Diego. And great uh, autocorrect, Jabari Blah was called Disagree. up. Disagree. Uh, yeah, he's, he's more blash than Blah, but he was called up, and he started. And Travis Shaw sat against a lefty. Might have just been a day of rest. All right, emails. I was going to save this one. All right, no, let's do it. Uh, this is the email of the day slash troll job of the day. It is from Dan in Boston. He says, Sweeties, talk more about two catcher leagues. It's easily the best format I haven't heard nearly enough about. Jet Bandy, Kurt Suzuki, or AJ Ellis. Sweeties. <laughs> Sweeties, yeah. I don't think he really wants us to talk about two catcher leagues. I just don't know because last year we kind of talked about it. I think two catcher leagues are one of the worst things in fantasy sports. They are the, let's take the crappiest position and start two of them when no team in baseball starts two of them. It's just awful. I, I think cause you go too shallow into the catcher pool if you don't do it because nobody wants a catcher in their utility spot and you end up with Austin Hedges despite his upside and homer streak just going unowned in half 
all leagues. I would say the the worst thing is league specific two catcher leagues, yeah. of which Scott has suckered me into two the <laughs> yeah. past two years. Yeah, and those are yes, yeah. a, a five outfielder two catcher AL only league yeah. is woof. Yeah. yeah, you won't find me Freaking in any of those. Look, everybody starts a bad catcher. I don't know why. Like you can't you can't say I'm losing because my second catcher is bad. Well, like, who wants to play? Like that's not everybody even fun. Everybody's in. It's not even fun. Like, why? Why do you have to? Start why do you want to start bad players? Yeah, it's not because fun. Because everybody has minor leaguers. It, I mean, it's the same lineup. thing. So you can go deeper at a position nobody wants to go deep at. There are you so go, you can do something no one wants go, to do. You go proportionally you less go deep plenty, at catcher. You can go in any other deep. position in one at, at, in a one catcher. You can league. go plenty deep in a one catcher league in AL only. Scott, Mitch, like I wish it was. I wish you could do a one and a half catcher league, but that doesn't exactly work. Uh, Scott, Mitch Moreland is like fifty percent owned. Avi Garcia was about sixty something percent owned. I mean, there are good right. players but, that are unknown. So Moreland doesn't have upside, and Hedges does. Like, oh Hedges come on, that, that's okay, Hedges a very is specific the one example. Number two catcher with upside. Like, <laughs> no, there's eleven no, others that just are that, awful. There, are, look at look at the ownership breakdown at catcher, and it's like there's this huge gap between who's who's like ninety percent owned and who's fifty percent. We, need, we owned. need pitch framing uh, fantasy there stats. That's the answer. All right, more. Um, more emails. Brody from Saskatchewan. Hey, Kevin, Braxton, Matt, and Glaber. I know Glaber. Yeah. Um, Kevin, wait. Hang on. Okay. Let's get to the email. Yeah. <laughs> Roto League. I have Billy Hamilton. I'm leading steals by quite a margin and will see myself having no use for Hamilton in the future. I'd like to sell him for a starting pitcher. What group of starting pitcher would you consider trading Billy Hamilton for? Paxton, McCuller, Salazar. Sure, fair enough. Yeah, that, I mean, I I think rather, I mean, you ha- halfway you have to look at the, the starting point is looking at who needs steals, and then you can get a better pitcher from him than maybe you're even expecting. This is from Chris. Are you excited about Michael Conforto? Who would you drop if anyone to add him? Uh, Hanniger, Margot, or Piscotti, or Peraza? I drop uh, Margot. Yeah. I do think I moved Comforto just a little ahead of Margo yesterday. So we're in agreement. Cool. This is from Reggie. Dear Paul, Lido, Jessica, and Duncan. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have Jan Hervis Salarte and Tim Anderson on my bench. Also, Jock Peterson and Kevin Kiermeyer. Mitch Moreland and Dansby Swanson were just dropped. Would you pick up Moreland? And or Swanson, and would you drop Solarte, Tim Anderson, Chuck Peterson, or Kevin Kiermeyer? Nope. I'm dropping Anderson for Swanson. Yeah, still. I'd be fine with that. Oh, those are characters in Dune. Yeah. Okay. Huh. And this is from Isaac. Oh, uh, <laughs> Isaac has a basketball thing, so we'll read that in a second. But Kevin from Pennsylvania, approve the move. Drop Joaquin Benoit. Pick up, pick up Chris Devensky. Quickly. Yes. Go. Approved. All right, Isaac, uh, this is the emailer that I'm not sure if he likes us or hates us. He wrote, the fall of the Celtics, the fall of the Lakers, Cleveland constantly hopeful, the rise and fall of the Pistons, the Bulls triumph over long adversity, the Knicks always hopeful but never victorious, the Supersonics close but no cigar, Trailblazers close but no cigar, the Jazz, same thing. The NBA was much richer back then, and there's no disputing it. I took a 10-year hiatus from the NBA quite naturally. Now I root for the Warriors, can't help it. I'm from Northern California, and they are good. But there's no comparison. The NBA used to be better. ESPN 30 for 30 Bad Boys is one of the best films I've ever seen. 
All right, we're going to end the show with that. We're done. It's just ridiculous. Terrible. It's completely ridiculous. Like, the Bulls won six titles in a row. Yeah, but they did it against five different opponents. There's cool. Absolutely. And, and and there were two titles in between that. Let's not forget. Because Michael Jordan retired. If the best player in the league has to retire for someone else to win a t- championship, you cannot tell me the league was richer. It was richer back then. They were more. No, they didn't teams. have as much money. They were less rich. But doesn't the best player in the NBA still go to the finals every year now? Like LeBron James has been to how many finals? In right. A row? I'm not arguing the NBA is different. The NBA is the okay. same. And these people who romanticize the past yeah, are better. romanticizing a past that never existed. Yeah, it, it existed. You like. It was NBA better. more when you were a child because you liked everything more when you were a child. I mean, that's Go watch anything possible. that you watched as a child and loved, and it's probably terrible. I like baseball now more than I did then. Yeah, but you were—you probably were one of those kids who like couldn't sit still for more than five minutes. <laughs> baseball wasn't your sport. I love baseball. I just—I like it more now. I think it's better now. Uh, yeah. Well, Chris and I got pretty Ridiculous. heated. On, uh, on Twitter the other day, so we won't do it on the podcast. Thank you all for listening. We're back tomorrow. See ya.